0: Her alarm was set Monday morning for 5.30 as Katie Canetta got ready for work at Yellowstone National Park just outside the small town of Gardner. She walked outside to see how much the river had risen. She realized she needed to get out quick. Katie Conetta woke her husband. They woke four other families, who also worked in Yellowstone in southwest Montana. They grabbed what they could, including their pets, and from a distance, watched the swollen river swallow their home, which drifted away. With extreme heat over much of America, Yellowstone and parts of Montana are seeing thousand-year flooding from spring snow melt. For a time, thousands were trapped. All entrances to the park closed. One lane of one road is now open. Little towns to the north, Cook City, Gardner, cut off from the world as highways washed away. A reminder for Christians, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, where we share the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called Before I Go. We're talking about significant words and even final words this week. In a few minutes, we'll be sharing tender words from Paul the Apostle before he died to the younger disciple Timothy, found in 2 Timothy. As we get started, a reminder of what you can't get on Amazon or in a bookstore, I'm speaking of the book, Our Faithful Queen, a book we had shipped in from the UK that shares the life and significant words of Queen Elizabeth. She just celebrated her platinum 70th anniversary on the throne at age 96. She's lived through World War II. She's been surrounded by war in her family. And yet she has never wavered to speak of her faith in Christ Jesus. Through pictures, prayers, and speeches, the book shares her life serving the King of Kings. And as our fiscal year closes on June 30th, can you help us keep serving King Jesus? Call us after the program for one or more copies of this significant gift book, 865 haven or come to our website and see sample pages. And you could also meet by video my dog, Clemmy, who brings so much joy to Janet and me. Our website is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Now, in a minute, I want you to hear words spoken between Tamara Chamberlain and her mother, as she was dying, and Tamara was a young teenager. But first, let's open the program with, I think, a hymn you will recognize. It's a lyric rich hymn done in a little bit of a folksy style, country style. I hope you enjoyed this rarely heard hymn that has great final words. I know whom I have believed, Jamie Smith. Here on Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris. Now, as we open this program on significant and final words, we will hear from the Apostle Paul to the younger Timothy. But before that, I'm joined by a significant member of our team here at Haven Ministries. Tamara Chamberlain graduated from California Baptist University. She met her husband while getting her Master's of Divinity at Talbot Seminary, which is part of Biola, Tamara. We've had you on the program before, but welcome back to the program today.
1: Thank you. It's it's rare to be on the other end of things at Haven, but it's nice to join you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we need to have you back more often. But in this time together, I want us to roll back the clock to when you were 15 years old and your mother was about to leave this life and join Jesus for eternity. Do you mind sharing that with us? Maybe some final words that you had with your believing mother.
1: Yeah, of course. It's amazing, as you say, I was 15 and just thinking about how long ago that was now. I'm not as young as I once was, but it's mm. it's amazing the way that um, God can use memories to um, just bring comfort. And even just being asked to answer this question, I'm actually just reminded of some really sweet moments that I had in my mom's final days. And one of those was she was um, sitting in her bed and I was sitting beside her and she was just in her final few weeks. And we, of course, didn't know it at the time, but my mom was um, terminally ill with cancer. And so something she continued to tell me over and over again was, um, I'm praying that the Lord uses my death to bring other people to Him. And Mm. I couldn't understand that being 15, that didn't make sense to me because why would I want someone else to you know come to faith at the expense of my mom it was just really hard to grapple with in that moment of time but now um, being much older I can just see the strength in her own faith and the trust that she had in Christ that um, he truly was going to work good out of this moment and um, now, looking back uh, and remembering her funeral, and how many people on that day made professions of faith to Christ um, because that was very important for my mom to have some kind of a a moment of people coming to faith or being offered that opportunity to step closer to Christ, even though it was her funeral that was very important to her and I am still strengthened by that aspect of her faith, knowing that Jesus was going to use her faith to um, make an impact far greater than she could have ever imagined. And um, that's just something that has always stuck with me, knowing that on her deathbed, she still wanted um, to make a difference for Christ. And I continue to hold that with me, even in my own life now.
0: I'm recalling... Tamra, I was eight when my birth mother died, and she loved Jesus as well. You were 15. You never forget that, do you? It still comes back to me, even today, the final day when my mother was alive. Uh, do you still recall? Do you still think back? Do you have these memories? Are they fond memories? Are they sad memories at this point?
1: I think they're a mix of both. It, it kind of depends. There are life moments that I'm encountering now, you know, having two young boys that, of course, I wish my mom were here to see mm, um, yes. and to love on them and for her just to know them. I mean, it's exciting to know your own kids and, and what God has created them to be, and I, I long for her to be here for that, but I also um, look back on just the many blessings I had with my mom. I knew she loved me and cared about me, but even greater than that, as sometimes hard as that is to say, even greater than that, her faith um, very much set the foundation for my own faith in Christ. And I am truly eternally grateful for that and hope to even pass on that to my own kids, that model of Christ, that love of Christ um, and that openness of even the struggles that my mom had in her own faith. She was very open about that with me as a kid. And I hope to show that same light to my own, my own kids now. So it's nice the way the Lord, you know, circles it all back around. And, um, of course I miss her. Of course there are sad times. Um, but I do have very fond memories of my mom and, um, always think of her. It's still, she's a normal thought in my mind on a regular basis now.
0: Mm. Tamara Chamberlain, thank you so much for sharing uh, those final days with your mother with us here on the program. Of
1: course, and thank you so much for having me again, Charles.
0: When the week opened, I mentioned sharing words when my own father was dying. It wasn't long after I became the speaker of this program. My father was suffering through Parkinson's His nutrition came by feeding tube. His final few months, he was in a state of dementia. Before that, he could talk in the past, but not in the present. One late afternoon, my cell phone rang, and it was Brendan O'Keefe, my father's Irish doctor. And I do mean Irish. He could curse like a sailor. But his voice was soft and his tone gentle that day. He had made a house call. And was there with my dad. He told me my father was at the end of his life. He could put him back in the hospital again. And maybe he would live a few more days. But he was recommending keep him at home. Let him die in the comfort of his own bed. But he wanted to know what I thought. I asked Brendan to put the phone up to my father's ear. And something remarkable happened. By his responses. I could tell he understood what I was saying. It had been so many months since there was such clarity in his thinking. I told him, Dad, and told him what Dr. O'Keefe had told me, I think it's time. The Lord Jesus is calling you home. He responded that he understood. And though he was on a bed in Oklahoma in his home, and I was miles away in California, There was tender love on the line between us, a father and a son, my earthly father and me. And then I prayed with him, and I could tell he was with me, hanging on to that prayer, cognizant. I told him how much I loved him, but how much more Jesus loved him. And then I said goodbye to him, and then to Dr. O'Keefe. We hung up, and a few minutes later, my father died but I know he died in the arms of Jesus. Final words, words the Lord allowed me to share with my father. Well, we've all had to deal with goodbyes, haven't we? They can be quite painful, especially when it's the type of goodbye to say at the side of a loved one's deathbed. Those are the important words. What we say last shows what's most in our heart what really grips us and controls our lives. And this isn't something that only modern people understand. It's not a North American kind of thing. We've been looking at different last important words from the pages of Scripture. Joshua, David, leaders of Israel who had to say goodbye. And on this Thursday, where it's warm where most of us are, I want us to think about a goodbye found in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul had been preaching Christ to Jews and Gentiles over all the known world for decades. He had been on missionary trips, planted churches. He was beaten and imprisoned. But now he was sitting in his final jail cell. Paul was in a prison in Rome, and he knew he wouldn't be getting out. Not this time. So he wrote to Timothy, pastor in Ephesus, The apostle knew a lot of pastors, of course, but not like he knew Timothy. This was Paul's spiritual son, someone who came to Christ with a believing mother and a grandmother, but not a believing father, it seems. But he met Paul, and a beautiful relationship was born. This went far beyond mentoring and training, For Paul, this was the son he never had. And for Timothy, this was the spiritual father who had been absent from his life. And do you remember how the apostle begins his final letter to his son in the faith? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. But how could Paul be so confident as he was sitting in a Roman prison waiting for his own execution? Well, I'm glad you ask that. Because he tells us in verses 9 and 10 of chapter 1, saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You know, there are times when Paul really opens up in his epistles and we see his heart. I think of Philippians 3, where he lists his advantages, humanly speaking, and then tells us that he considered them all trash, rubbish, compared to knowing Christ and being known by him. Or Romans 10, where he says that he desires for all of his Jewish countrymen to be saved. But Second Timothy is different. This is Paul's final chance to write to Timothy. And as you read through this little letter, you can tell that Paul's emotions are bubbling to the surface. Think, of what he says in chapter 4, I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I'm not sure there are many more beautiful words in the New Testament. That's a big claim, I know. But from time to time over the years, I've thought about how it must feel to know that death is just around the corner. What goes through your head? What do you say? I can't think of any words more beautiful than the words of Paul. He was departing. This wasn't the end for him. He was in Christ. So his death was a journey from earth to heaven. And in his death, he would please God. That's what a drink offering was. It didn't atone for sin. It was more an offering of gratitude for what the Lord had done. Paul had completed what he was given to do. He had run the race. He had finished the match. And in all of it, he had kept the faith. Not so much because of how tightly he held unto Jesus because of how tightly Jesus had held unto him. And so he was confident to say these things to his spiritual son. He hoped Timothy would be able to come see him before the end, but he didn't know for sure. Just like any of us are unsure whether we'll get another day on this earth. But you and I can be confident like Paul if we have repented of our sins, if we have believed the gospel of Jesus. The good news is that sinners like you and me are right with God when we believe in his son. That's what changes our final words. No longer will our important words on our deathbed be words of darkness and despair. And instead, we can be confident that we will receive the crown of righteousness from God, just like Paul. But what exactly is this crown? Well, in Paul's day, a crown wasn't something that just a king wore. Instead, it was given to an athletic champion. Think of it like a gold medal in the Olympics. Paul knew that God would bless him, and as he said a few verses later, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen words of an apostle to his son in Christ. Of all the things he could have said, these were the words that were closest to his heart. That was Paul telling Timothy exactly who he was, what he thought and felt as the end grew near. The things he wanted to say. In Paul's mind, these were the important things, possibly his final words to the young man who meant as much to him as anyone And these words were filled with confidence. Confidence in his Savior, Jesus Christ.
2: And we're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road. And those who've gone before us line the way. Cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary. The lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us run the race not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us. Let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire the lives we live inspire them to obey oh may all who come behind us find us faithful And our children sift through all we've left behind. May the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find.
0: From a newer and slightly shorter version from the original, the Gaither Vocal Band Reunion, Find Us Faithful, here on Haven today, and a program called Before I Go. And as we have to go soon, let me say again this is the end of our fiscal year, June 30th. Your support, your gifts are greatly appreciated. And if you haven't ordered one or more copies of the special book, Our Faithful Queen, You can still do that for the book that you can't get on Amazon or in a bookstore. We had it shipped directly to our warehouses from the UK. It's special because through pictures and words, especially words, it shares the faith of Queen Elizabeth in the greater King, King Jesus. Call us right now for our faithful Queen or to make your year-end gift. Our number is 800-65-HAVEN. 865 Haven. Or come to our website, haventoday.org. HavenToday.org. And when you go online, you may have heard me talk about my dog, Clementine. Well, you can meet her, this life dog of mine, in the special video that we shot, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? again we get to share together this great story it's all about jesus here on haven today here for your encouragement and your walk with jesus i'm charles morris with haven ministries inviting you to anchor your day in god's word sometimes things seem hopeless at least humanly speaking is there really a light at the end of the tunnel Or are we just floating downstream like a fallen leaf rushing toward the waterfall and the sharp rocks below? Maybe no one is in control here, or so we think. We aren't the first to wonder these things. Thousands of years ago, a psalmist struggled with this very thing. But then he remembered his God. Listen to his words. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the same God that we worship. Jesus Christ is our hope. He's our Savior and our God. Anchor Devotional is available in print monthly. Visit GetAnchor.com.